songs unleashed. G'day everyone, Robbie Turner here. Welcome to another episode of Axons Unleashed. You're going to love this session. It's a little bit out of the box. It's not like a normal guest that we've got coming on here, but I'm joined here with a really good mate of mine, Pete from Black Wolf Consulting, brother. Thanks so much for joining Axons Unleashed. No worries, Robbie. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Good, good. Um, so we're talking to you guys from the Gold Coast, and I guess you know a bit of a bottom line up front, Pete, you and your lovely wife, Tanya, she joined us on Daniel Remind Me episode, probably episode two or three of season two, I think, when we're talking about females and leadership and everything. So Tanya, come and join us and, and she joined my wife, Tamara. That was a great session. And she's like, you've got to get, you've got to get Pete to come and have a chat on the, on the podcast as well. So she's to fill, hey? yeah, I'm, I'm, mate, she's a, she's a firecracker, um, Tanya. There's, there's no doubt about it. You and Tanya run your own um, recruiting consultancy firm here on the Gold Coast. Yeah, that's right. But you're national as well, aren't you, really? Yeah, so uh, basically Brisbane, Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sydney, Melbourne. So awesome. but it, all, it all sort of originally started in Brisbane, but then we decided to move to the Gold Coast maybe six years or so ago, and it's never looked back. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, oh, love yeah. it. Hey, so what we're going to talk about today, ladies and gents, we're going to talk about, you know, get to know Peter, of course, a little bit, but... You know, some of the things that I'm starting to branch out into now is to veteran entrepreneurship. Pete, you told me something at lunch I did not know. What's the term entrepreneur mean? Uh, actually means risk taker. So risk, Daniel, yeah, you didn't yeah. even know that was the case. A lot of people, a lot of people don't um, don't sort of realise, but yeah, it's a it's a I think it's Latin for risk taker. Yeah. So. There's as, no, as we do. Yes, mate. There's no doubt about it. When you start your own business, you grab all of your chips in life and you put them in the middle of the fucking table and go, let's play. Let's play. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what, do you, what else do you do? So, mate, I'm really looking forward to, to understanding um, why you started a business, how you started a business, um, some of the challenges, some of the wins, some of the losses. We had a, we had a good little chat um, across the road yeah. um, over lunch. And, of course, I guess the, the overall thing, ladies and gents, I want you to, if you're a veteran right now and you don't have a job, Listen to this episode because that's exactly what Pete and Tanya specialize here, specialize with to you know to enable you to do that. So, what do you say, Sydney, Sydney, Gold Coast, Melbourne, Brisbane? Yep, and um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so mate, it's you know there's <clears throat> there's plenty of veterans around the country that live in all of those locations. And as I was just sort of musing, walking up the stairs to start this episode, I went, I bet there's dozens of veterans right now around the country that have recently left the military or maybe they had a job, they don't have a job anymore and they're probably sitting at the couch on home, they're feeling sorry for themselves, they've lost their way, they don't have a direction, they don't have any job, they don't have any money and we know the fucking spiral where that ends up sometimes. Yeah, and, and probably not even knowing how valuable their skill set is, right? And how to transfer it into the, the corporate world. True. So I can't, please listen to this podcast, ladies and gents. You're going to learn a shit tin from this guy. Um, I can see you're, you're a little bit quiet so far. We'll bring the we'll bring the energy up soon. But, mate, this guy, ladies and gents, is you've been in business longer than longer than I have and I, I can't wait to sort of share some of those some of those things that you've you've come across so well um it's 10 years 10 years this year but i'll, wow. I'll sort of delve into it so um obviously tan and i went and started the business in the middle of a gfc which was really full on uh, back in 2013 and um, we just decided we could do it a little bit better than than where we were working had similar sort of skill set so we decided to sort of go out there and, and give it a crack yeah and obviously it was blood on the streets it was a horrible horrible time to have mm. a business but um you know we were re really customer focused and kind of backed our ability to do what we did and we just sort of focused on that experience and what's what you guys do here mm. and, and we had some had some pretty good successes but it probably took like 12 months or so for the ball really to start rolling. A bit of traction yeah. yeah let's unpack that for a little bit so were you and tan seeing each other like how long have you been married or together 
careful, she's going to be listening. Yeah, 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 don't yeah, fuck yeah. this no, up. No, no, no. Nine, nine years. So, okay, yeah. yeah so we you guys were. Did you? How did? How did you guys meet? Tell us that story. Uh, now this is a this is not a PG podcast. You yeah. can tell us the real story if the, you want. The real story. <laughs> so um, we were working at a recruitment company, and um, yeah, uh, I kind of met her there, and she was doing her thing and just brilliant as she did. And I kind of rocked in, being my antisocial self and not wanting anything to do with anyone, just wanting to work. And um, we just got on really well. So right. we kind of thought the same. And obviously you met Tan. She's, she, um, she's different. She, like, she doesn't think um, the same as, as your typical female entrepreneur. She's got a really amazing like skill set and you know, mm. thought towards... Very this. engaging, very very expressive with her eyes and the way she talks and everything. Yeah. She absolutely is. And, and most of the industries that we've worked in have been quite male-dominated. So she's really kind of played with the big boys and she, you know, she thinks differently, which has just been great for us. But yeah, we met there, um, middle of GFC, as I was saying, and our current employer was trying to get us to sign people up to like retained, um, you know, sort of membership. So they're paying like 20 grand a month. And I was like, how can we go to our clients in the middle of the GFC and say, hey, we want 250k a year of you. Mm. And um, they were really sort of ramming that down our throats to do. And I was like, oh, I can't do this, right? So I was like, I'm out. And I left and she left maybe a month after and we're like, let's just do it. So we put it all together, packaged it up, spent all our money. We didn't really start with any seed money or anything like that. I think we had like maybe five or 10 grand between us, which went like that so, so quick. <laughs> of course. Um, you know, bought laptops, phones, you know, all that sort of stuff and just kind of got into it, working in a bedroom and away we went. Similar to what me, uh, Tamara and I did. Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? When you are not, no longer, when you no longer have a job and you want to be that risk taker, when you realise that your time and your effort and what you do here on in is going to be the the um, determining factor about whether you succeed or not, oh. it's fucking scary. Mate, <laughs> There's the no other term that I can think of. The buck stops with you, mate. And, you know, we were in a time where an employer would throw an ad on Seek and they get 300 applicants. And I'm sitting there trying to sell them recruitment where they're going to pay 10, 15, 20, 25 grand. So you have to be pretty good at your job, right? Yeah. And every opportunity that you did get You'd want to you'd want to fill that job, so it wasn't like you know it wasn't like it is today where you know people are just sort of ringing you up and harassing you for to to get them candidates because obviously everyone's so busy. It was it was dog eat dog. So and you had to be faster and produce better quality than they could get so through their internal teams, and um, it just like provide value right yeah. because they can write a six hundred dollar seek ad or they can pay a crew a recruiter twenty k. And I mean, I have to be good enough and provide such value that they go, oh, wow, you know, that, that guy, yeah. Pete Founders, is awesome. So you've got, you've got the applicants, you do all the filtering, you do all the, you know, you sort of, um, yeah, filter through the 40, 50 people that, and then you come up with the top three and then provide a recommend. Like how, just to give us a bit of a, because a lot of people in the military, I certainly did not know what a recruitment firm did. Yep. You don't have to know. In the, in the military, you, you, live, you live in a bubble. Um, you've got a secure job. My little saying is if you've got a heartbeat and put a uniform on, it's you get paid every, every yeah, fortnight. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. So, you know, but certainly in, in the real world, it's, it's not like that. So what does a recruiting firm do? So, I mean, we do it different. Uh, like, so a typical recruiter is they'll come see you, they'll write an ad, put it on Seek, and they'll try to feed you people that would apply to their ad probably faster than you could you could process them yourself. So we run more of an executive search headhunt model. So it's a little bit more strategic. I, I often joke with my clients, I'm like, throwing an ad on Seek, you know, it's like throwing a fishing line in the water. And you hope that you and, get a bite. And you, and you hope you get your marlin. I'm mm -hmm. like, we're going spearfishing. 
So you tell me you want to go get a red emperor, like I'm spearfishing for red emperor. And that's that's what you get from us. So and typically you'll get three candidates and they'll be as close to or on the mark that you want. So you can be super specific with what you're after and we can get you that skill set to fit into your business. And obviously we can sell your business as well, which is what a lot of people don't do. Um, you know, typically I will ring people who aren't looking for jobs. I will sell them your business. And they're like, oh, wow, that sounds really, really great. I'll actually will go for an interview with that company. They were, had no intention of applying for any jobs or leaving their jobs and they were happy you know, in their day-to-day. But all of a sudden, you've got someone in your corner really sort of selling that opportunity and all of a sudden, you've got someone who wasn't actually looking. Damn. Which is where our value is, right? That's, I feel, in my opinion, really amazing people are typically working with someone already. The ones that apply through Seek, they're kind of those, you know... They, they float in and out of jobs. I find the quality isn't as good as people that are already retained. Please, please, ladies and gents, take it from me. Full disclosure, Black Wolf Consulting has helped Axon hire five people, one of which is not here anymore, but that, that, was, that, that was circumstances beyond our, our control. We went through, we, Tamara and I, went through countless hours and spent way too much money and, and got fucking nowhere looking and interviewing and, and, and just trying to trying to find that Red Emperor or the Marlin through the 40, 50, 60 people that would apply. I think like office manager springs to mind and it was just painful. And then people are very, people are experts at doing interviews and they just turn out to be not the right fit. That's as nice as fucking term as I can come up <laughs> with. It does. And it's, it's, it's it, it, and then you're back to square one, mate. But honestly, mate, 50 people, right? How many hours did you spend doing that? Too many. Go, go do your job. Do what you're good at doing. Like, we don't double in recruitment. Like, we do recruitment for a job. We do it for 50 hours a week. Like, we're not a, you know, we're not your typical business owner that goes, oh, a business owner that goes, hey, I'm going to throw it out and see you. I'm going to try to hire someone. And they, they might hire someone once every couple of months. You know, we literally do it every single hour. Of, of every, every single day. day. Yeah, yeah, of every day. So, yeah. I mean, you, you get good at what you practice at, and that's what we do. Yeah, so we've got Daniel here, our executive producer, Noah, our marketing manager, um, Sophie side on it. Oh, you did not come in through that way. He's like shaking his head. He's like, don't you fucking put me in that bloody mate. <laughs> I'm the Marlin. Oh, you're <laughs> the Marlin. <laughs> um, and then we're, and then we've got um, Shania that's with us as well. But mate, it's, it's, it's been really, really valuable for us. Like as, as all of our listeners are aware, if you've been following us for a little while, we've been able to recruit those ex ex defense members that have come into the business through our own network. Mm-hmm. And that, that, because we've got that connection and we've got that sort of um, re- relatability with them, that makes it a bit easier. But when we're talking about specific skill sets that only civvies have or generally only civvies yep. have, and if they're not client-facing, they don't need to be ex-defense anyway, so that, that makes it a bit easier. But, yeah, mate, we've, we've been very, very thankful of the services you guys have provided us. Oh, happy to please, mate, as long as, um, as, long as it's all going well. So Tan, Tan's mostly responsible for those. But, yes, um, yes. yeah, I know I, I always hear good things, so it's, it's, I'm glad it's going as good as it is. But you guys have such a great model, right? And I, I love that you hire ex-defense people because they actually buy into what you do. And um, I was talking to oh, you a bit earlier about, you know, salespeople and, um, you know, you guys aren't actually selling something, you're helping someone to buy. Yep. And just that responsibility and that accountability that, that you and your staff have to get the absolute best possible outcome for someone because you guys have, you know, you've travelled together, you've, you've you know, served in military together, you've you know, eaten and bled and fought and cried and all that sort of stuff together. So there's such, like, an ingrained responsibility for you to get the win. Yeah, yes. so you're not like you're not selling to some client who you've never met. 
like you're selling to that that brotherhood and I, that's, I love your model I think it's a great business yeah and and, and mate 70 percent of all of our business for the last two years has either come from repeat business or direct referral yeah. which means you're doing a good job right well yes it, it, uh, yes it absolutely is but our reputation's on the line like to to the nth degree you know because in my experience if Aussies ha- if Aussies have a bad experience with someone or something They'll tell 30 of their mates to go, don't go near those guys. They're fucking dodgy. Yep. Don't go see that movie, yep. you know, whatever. Don't use that mechanic. But if you have a really good experience, you, you might tell three or four of your mates if, if it comes up in, co- in combo. Yep. So there's a real dynamic there that we must. And we've spent tens of thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours and, and spent, you know, time and time again on, a, on phone call, email, Zoom, trying to bend over backwards with our service providers and our clients to just smooth things over and give people a decent outcome. But, mate, what, what you were saying to me before, like, you know, 70% of your business being referrals and repeat business over the last couple of years, the last couple of years have been fucking tough. Like, yeah. you're, you're talking COVID. You're, you're talk, in the height of COVID, you're yeah. Talking, you're talking, you know, um, supply chain issues. You're talking, you know, interest rates. You're talking... Cost increases, everything. Yeah, yeah. viruses and shutdowns and all that sort of stuff. And you guys have still done so great. So you got to think, like, what does that mean? Like, what have you focused on to get such a positive result in such a shit market? Like, mm. you've obviously done something right. And I think it's because you, you keep the focus on the people. And most people just, they focus on the money, they get transactional, service drops, they fall over. Yeah, true, true. Um, tell me about the traction that you and Tan started getting f- with your own firm. And, and out of interest, I don't know this um, genuinely, what did you What did you call your business when you first started? Was it Black Wolf off the bat? Yeah. So wow, and, and where did that come from then? So um, the we were doing a sales training um, module, and one of the sales profiles was the Lone Wolf, and um, that was me, funnily enough. And um, <laughs> when we went out on our own, I was like, oh. You know, I'm kind of like the black sheep, but, you know, don't want to call it a sh- black sheep. No. That's a pussy name. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I'm like, but we can call it Black Wolf. And it just really resonated with um, with us at that point in time because we were the underdogs. You know, we were, um, you know, we're trying to do something on our own. That lots of people weren't on our side and they thought, oh, they're going to fail. They won't they won't do well or anything like that. So it was just a really, um, it was kind of like a fuck you to, to a whole lot of people basically. <laughs> And anyway, we've recently rebranded because um, while Black Wolf was super successful and really well known through heavy industry, people don't know what it is. Like, oh, Black Wolf, what's that? So we've rebranded to a company, um, Recruitment Corp, which we've had for a couple of years. Right. We've just had it sitting in the background. That's, that's crystal clear. Follow the bouncing ball, right? Yeah. So, and it's actually had some really good traction with um, a lot more sort of high end corporate. Um, you know, clients, so, you know, really well received for, like, legal and accounting and finance. Great. And, and you know, it just, it sounds better. All right? the white-collar stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Black Wolf is really well known through, like, mining, engineering, construction, all those blue-collar yeah. type roles. And that's, and to be fair, like, that's probably more the defence person that gets out. Yeah. Like, you know, they've, they're used to getting their hands dirty. They, they know how to drive a truck. They know how yeah. to, you know, do, do logistics or, you know, whatever it's going to be. So I've no doubt, you know, aircraft engineer, et cetera, Mate, I mechanic. Love I love it. Ex-defence. Yeah. I, I, I placed a, a logistics guy into a logistics and warehouse um, role for a global company. Great. And he's doing deployment and redeployment and organising the supply chain all through Australia and Southeast Asia. So, and he's just an absolute weapon, right, because he's – perfectly organized and everything is just brilliant so you know blows the civilian guys out of the water yeah Um, so um did that person contact you or the firm that you were trying to recruit said hey look we need this person and then you you had someone on your books that sort of fitted that role and then you just bought bought them together mate so the client contacted me 
and I love defense guys, right? So he's like logistics. I'm like straight away. I'm like defense person. Yeah, perfect. Um, and I actually went out and actually found someone and put him in front of the client. The client was like, "Oh, Pete, where has this guy been?" So the client for you is the business owner that needs a person to be an employee. Correct. Just so we're clear. Yeah, yeah. 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 So my product is people. So. I often joke with Tan, I'm a human trafficker. So <laughs> people are my product. And you're kind of like a real estate agent where you work on the sellers and the buyers side, right? So um, it's, it's that sort of a Bringing people together. Bringing yep. people together. Adult matchmakers for the business world. Mm, love it. Yeah. What were, um, so you guys started the business together. We did. And then how long into your business sort of journey did you have your first couple of employees? <sighs> Mate, so uh, we probably slogged out the, two years by ourselves. So right. just her and I, laptops, phones. and Just boyfriend and girlfriend at this stage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. How was that, by the way? How was that? Because as you know, Tammy and I run the business here together and like, and and, the, and you guys now run it yeah. together as, as a married couple. Yeah. So how was that sort of I dynamic? Mean, the, the sexual harassment policy gets blurred every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> mate, if it's just the bloody both, you'd be on all oh, the time. Mate. And, um, oh, mate, management meetings are also difficult, right? So... Um, we sometimes disagree on certain things. So I'm probably a lot more cutthroat and brutal um, than Tan. Tan, and obviously, you know, Tan, she's beautiful, right? She's very, like, caring and giving and wanting to train and mentor and develop and all sort of stuff. And I'm kind of like, well, let's just get the person who's good and make them better, where she's happy to kind of get people and make them good and obviously, you know, progress them to, to better. Do you know this interesting that, and Daniel, you might not even know this, but it's the opposite with us. I want to train and I want to mentor and I see the good in people. I want to give them a chance. Yeah. Tamara is that she takes care of all of our team and our staff like that. Yeah. But when it comes to hiring and firing, she's like, nah, fucking they're gone. She, it's, it's funny how the dynamic works. Well, to, not, not up front, I've got to say, but it'll get to a point whereby she is done and when she's fucking done, the guillotine comes down and you're done. Mate, if, they don't, if you don't love them at the start, I mean, do you really want them? I mean, you, you got to think you spend 40 hours a week with these people. Like, you got to, and especially you, you know, high energy, close knit environment. You know, what you do, they really have to buy into what you do. Yeah, belief. Because it's important, right? Mm -hmm. we, we sort of touched on that when we were chatting over lunch. Like, belief in the model and what you're trying to achieve. So, I mean, if you don't, if you don't get that warm and fuzzy feeling with them right off the get go, when it should, it's like honeymoon period, right? When it should be at its absolute highest. Yep. What's it going to be like in three months or a year or two years time? As people sort of get, get complacent. Yeah. You know, yeah. Take things for granted. And flip side of that coin, if you do give someone a go and the wheels start wobbling, you know, do you want to keep them in a business where they can potentially do that damage that you were talking about? Like give that customer a bad experience or just, do you kind of give them a chance and kind of mentor them a little bit or a lot or do you just go, hey, they're not going to make it. Yeah. I'm just thinking... Out aloud here, team, those of you that are in the military right now that joined at a very young age like I did, you've never had a job in the real world, this is what it's fucking like. Mm. It ain't like that in the military. You, you, know, you, don't, you don't, can't get sacked from the military unless you've done something very bad. Yeah. All right? You get performance managed, you get posted over here. Like, you know, and there, there are some underperforming people in the military that have done 20 years. And every single person watching, listening to this right now will be like, yep, I know someone like that. Yeah. Right? And maybe people thought that about me. I don't know. I don't give a fuck. But um, that's not the point I'm making. But in the real world team, if you are not performing, if you are not showing up, if you don't show belief and you show a level of care and respect to the business that you're in, you will fucking get fired. 
or you get performance managed in accordance with the Fair Work Act, you'll be given warning one, warning two, warning three, and you're done and you don't have a fucking job. And I'm not being harsh, but it's the real world that we live in. Oh, 100%. Don't get me wrong. So if someone struggles with capability but they have a fantastic attitude, happy to put the time and money into them to make them better, right? Of course. But if, if someone is disengaged, not buying into a culture, you know, they're not showing up, they don't want to be at work, you know, these are the typical people that would wake up on a Monday and want to go, oh, fuck, I have to go to work, it's Monday, or Friday's my favourite day of the week, you know? Yeah, can't wait to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, like, oh, my worst nightmare as an employer is is to just think about my employees going, oh, I don't want to go to work today. And I'm just mm. like, oh, what? life's too short, like, go do something else. If you absolutely can't stand it, do something else, right? Yeah. I want you to come to work, bounce through the door, you know, just love it. And, you know, oh, my God, what, what time is it? It's 3 o'clock. The day's already over. Yeah. Like, just enjoy it. Yeah. Right? And then you get the result. And then, obviously, all your, you know, revenue and money and success and all sort of stuff sort of flow through from that. And, obviously, you get the career advancement because, obviously, if you love what you do, typically you'll do more than what's asked for you. Mm-hmm. You know, your boss notices that, right? So if you're going over and above and you're like, oh, fuck, that guy's gone all right. Like, look, he did this, 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 this. Like, you'd notice it. And while you may not say something to someone, like when you do have some sort of leadership position or some sort of position grows um, from your company growing, yep. who are you going to sort of go to? Yeah, most of the time in the military, it's a time and rank. Like there's a seniority thing. You're like, oh, I've been a corporal for three years, so when there's a promotion to sergeant, I'll probably get it because I've been a corporal the longest. Yeah. Doesn't fucking work like that in the real world. You can uh, go from zero to hero quite quickly Based on your attributes, based on your attitude, based on your outputs, you just be be it be a GC in in your workplace, and you'll be fine. Performance based, mate. Everyone's everyone's rated on what they can contribute to the team. Yeah. So. Having said that, though, would you agree, <laughs> as a recruiter and now as a as a um, as an employer, once you cracked your business model, once mm. you cracked your target market, once you cracked the way that you service your clients and you get those repeat customers, what's the what's the most difficult thing to manage? Oh, mate. Staff, definitely. People. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm horrible at management. I'll first admit it, I'm very blunt and my delivery is quite raw and you either love me or hate me um, where uh, Tan is very nurturing and she's very um, you know, accommodating and understanding and she has high empathy and all that sort of stuff. So I, I choose not to manage my team. Yeah. So I kind of just work in the background and do what I do because I'd be like, hey, mate, you fucked up. This is what we need to do about it, blah, 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 blah. Where she might be like, okay, so this is what we could do better and this is what we, you know, <laughs> blah, blah. And, I, and I'm kind of a little bit too... Don't short, get me wrong. Short. Some people will respond really well to your 100%, direct feedback 100%. and other people will be like, oh, I, I need to go cry on the toilet. Yeah, exactly. And, and everything in between. Exactly. So I, I find I'm, my sweet spot is kind of like that 27-year-old and up respond really well to me. Anyone sort of like mid-twenties and below, they're like, oh, he's a, he's a dick. So, yeah. So, but... Um, <laughs> Fucking hate that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is he such a prick? What's wrong with him today? But um, honestly, it's just, it's just the way I, I speak. You know, I've dealt with like heavy industry for a long time and I, I, my, my messaging is like sort of short and sharp and to the point. There's not a whole lot of fluff. Yeah. Which is kind of where I fall over and I try to work on it. But the good news is people in the military love that stuff. You know, we use acronyms, we use RATEL, which is Radio Telegraphic Procedure, Um, you know, and there's clarity and brevity. Boom, boom, boom. There's no ambiguity. Delivering a set of orders in the military with ambiguity attached to them is the fucking worst nightmare when you're the guy, when you're the one receiving it. Same deal. My direction and guidance here in the business, I try to be as crystal clear as possible, even though I'm still perfectly imperfect at it, as we all should, you know, recognise, but it's something I'm working on. But at least in my mind, I know exactly what I said. Yeah. 
know, and there's that whole transmit versus receive thing that then well, goes and on. You're, and you're expecting a particular like outcome, right? Because you know, if that person does exactly what you asked, they're going to get a specific result. So yeah. it makes sense. I love military people. Like I, I had a, a big uh, labor hire business at one stage, and we had a lot of mechanics, like diesel fitters and all sort of stuff. Ex-military guys are the best, right? They don't they don't whinge or complain. They turn up. They're reliable. They work in as part of a team. You know, they don't typically cause any trouble. Like they're not lazy or entitled. Like I, big fan. Yeah, mate. Thank you so much. I know everyone everyone listening to that will really appreciate it. When did the when did you? Because you know, when you start a business, right? In your in your mindset, there's this book called from Michael Gerber called the E Myth, the yeah. Entrepreneurial Myth. Yeah. <laughs> you think you're going to have more time and more freedom and more money. In the first few years, you have no time, no freedom, and a lot less money than what you think you're going to get. But eventually, you start to crack the code. When did you and Tan know that you're sort of you're onto something really cool here, and you can start to expand and, and dominate? Like we don't, we've been we've been five and a half years now. Yeah, I'll, I'm shitting myself about the thought of even having a remote office somewhere. Yeah. It's it's very, very foreign to me. Everything's centralised here at Axon HQ. That's it. So to have offices around the country, as you sort of described there, mate, I'm in awe of you as a, as a business owner that you've been able to do that and manage that. So I'd love to get your insights because I'm sure there are other people listening right now that are already veteran business owners. They're like, oh, I think I should open up a, an office somewhere else. Yeah. Well, what's that like? <sighs> mate, so you're absolutely right. So when you do first start a business, you're everything to everyone. So you're the accounts team, you're the marketing team, you're the payroll person, you're the, you know, the actual practitioner in the business. So what he refers to in the myth is the the person with the skill set that's paid or, or the the skill set that's valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do you basically just create yourself a job right at the start because you've got no money typically. You, you, know, you go out there and you, or you might have a little bit of seed money or whatever, but typically you go out there and you have to do what you have done as the technician, as he refers to, um, to generate income to be able to to do other things because money makes the world go around. Yep. Right? If you have no no rev coming in, you kind of, you know, yeah, cash is the oxygen of a business. 100%. No oxygen, no. That's it, no. that's it. Simon Sinek says it, eh? the, the fuel in the car, right? The, mm. the car is the business, the revenue is the fuel. And honestly, mate, um, so we we struggled for, for a couple of years. We were really good at what we did. So we knew we had the skill set and we kind of knew what we had to do, but then we kind of figured it out as we went. So it, it probably took us a couple of years to get some really, really good traction. We hired our first person at three years who was a friend. Um, and she was f- fantastic, right? But, you know, and this is, I think, a mistake he actually refers to in the book. You shouldn't hire your friends mm. and family. It's mm. just an absolute no-no. And anyone who's thinking about it, do it, don't. Um, even though she was great, um, yeah, just don't do that. Um, but cracking the code, I think, um, when we really started working on the business is probably when we had sort of three or four people and we had, and I'm going to refer to it as passive income, but basically people that were bringing in money into the business so we could actually do other things. Uh, you weren't directly related for. Like yeah. The, the, there well, was, they could take your work. time wasn't included in the revenue. Correct. They yeah. could take, the, and they could take workload off us and still generate revenue. Yeah. Which is obviously the biggest problem you have when you start your business. Like you only, and you'll, you'll see people when they first start, the biggest thing that they have obviously have is they haven't got enough hours in a day. You know, they can't, work any more than they've they're working so that was that was a big break for us um 
that's the whole thing. More time, more freedom. You got no time yeah, and no freedom because no, you're doing everything. Pressure, right? So you know, and then when you hire your first person, you're like, oh fuck, you know, I have to pay this person every week. You know, what if what if one of your clients doesn't pay you one of your invoices, or what if you don't make any money for a couple of months? Like, what are you going to do? And recruitment, recruitment's probably got a um, a longer sales cycle than most businesses because typically you have to find someone. You know, they have to give four weeks notice and they start work and obviously get paid. And unless you have a bit of a a bit of a roll on with placements sort of happening in your sales cycle. It can be it can be a long time between drinks. Yep. So there's lots of pressure. Lumpy cash flow is it called? Hundred <coughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. So it can, there can be a lot of pressure that way. Um, and then obviously people being sick, people being away, people unreliable, people not working out. You know, hiring the wrong person. Like there's all these like things that you kind of get sort of hit with along the the entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> but you know what, buddy? As we were saying downstairs, this is a life we signed up for. Like you, I'm not having a whinge about this. No. What we're doing, having a conversation about, if you think about starting your own business one day or you've got you've got an idea and you've got a business and you're just you, you and maybe one other yep. and you want to expand because you want to be able to provide more services to more people, when you get away from the tools, you have a, you run the risk of conversations occurring that you're not involved in. So therefore, cl- customer and client happiness may not be the same, yep. as explained yep. in, in yep. the book. Um, and then obviously, you know, then you need, as Simon Sinek says, you rightly say, then your job as a leader is to manage the people that were doing the job that you used to do. And, and, and the biggest problem that most businesses, most business owners have when they first start, and, and I'm sure you're going you're gonna to agree with me, when you go and hire your first person and then you try to sort of expand into different areas, your clients are going to want to work with you. Because mm-hmm. they've worked with Robbie for a year, and all of a sudden they're like, Who, "Who's?" This I've guy? still got my clients from five and a half years ago, yeah. and yeah. I, I proudly take them on because yeah. I fucking can yeah. and I want to. But but that, they'll ring you; they won't ring someone else in your team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and it's it's um it's having someone that can really deliver the same service and quality that you do, so those clients feel comfortable with them. So yeah. and, and that is, I think, the biggest part. I think a lot of business owners they really sort of sh- like hold on to those relationships and they don't try to sort of farm them out to their teams. Yeah. No. It's, I've got to say, it's, it's, done, right? it's one thing I'm proud of myself of. I don't have any ego when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, you bring people in, you train them. We don't have a script here in the business, but we've got we've got an ethos and we've got a, a way and a culture um, that we sort of deli- deliver our services. Train, 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 train. Give them a few goes of talking to the client by themselves. Yeah. You know, um, provide a bit of an after action review and, you know, train, 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 train some more and then just let someone go live their life. Let them go, like, let them be that person that you've trained them to be. They're not going to be perfect, as, as am I. They're going to make mistakes, as do I. So yeah. they're going to have wins and losses, as do I. And it's just all part of it, mate. 100%. And, and you know what? You kind of have to let them make those mistakes because otherwise they'll become dependent on you. Oh, yeah. hey, Robbie, this has happened. What should I do? Hey, Robbie, this has happened. What should I do? Like, they need to go out there have a little bit of prerogative, understand what you do in the model and how it works, and then go, okay, so this is what's happened in the past, this is what I need to do, go do it. Oh, that's happened, how do I deliver that? You know, go deliver it. Oh, no, I stuffed that up, didn't go well. Come back to you, oh, hey, Robbie, I spoke to Pete, he was a little bit pissed off about X, Y, Z, and I did this. This is, yeah, hey, great, good. You absolutely did that perfectly. And then yeah. that person knows for next time. So I think a lot of a lot of bosses create dependency from their staff, and you kind of have to push them out and... Get do in, mate get yep. in the deep water a little bit sooner and I'm so proud of my team there's been lots and lots of hard conversations for their property specialists because builders have come back and said hey look we're 30 grand short on this build we need the client to contribute 10, 15, 20 grand and 
a couple of years ago, I would have like, okay, I need to fucking have that conversation. Yeah. But now I'm like, righto, boys, go talk to them. Yeah, go ha- go talk. And they, and they do it and it, t- and it turns out fine. I mean, that's, you that's know, a, that's some with the build support team, they're like, oh, I'm really concerned about talking to this because there was some flooding with someone else's backyard and then they want compensation from the builder. I'm like, all right, let me let me engage at my level and sort of smooth things over, then go and deliver the news to the client. And they come out, they're like, he was awesome. Yeah. It was a really good activity. I'm glad I did it. I'm doing a very bad rendition of my girls, by the way. But like it, it, it's... I love the opportunity of giving them the the responsibility and the power and the um, yeah I guess just empowering them to do it yeah, yeah empowering them to do it so thanks that's that's what I was thinking it's, of it's a, that's and a, they love it that's a tough phone and they call. grow from it that's a tough phone call yeah. I mean, it's like, hey you need to you need to throw an extra 10, 10 20 30 grand into this like most people are, oh I don't want to do that so that's and it's such a great learning experience because. I feel like most people get so scared of what the possible outcome could be rather than just doing it and seeing what the outcome is. It's always worse in your mind than it is in reality. Yeah. One thing as a leader that you need to be able to let your people know is that you, you trust them, you've in, you empower them to do so, and if it doesn't go well, you still back them. Yeah, it's okay. Like It's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. As long as they've conducted themselves with integrity and they've you know delivered the right message and they've done the very best they can, you're never going to have a 100% no. success rate with anything. Just yeah. Just know that. I was a fucking perfectionist as a, as an ex special forces officer, but you quickly learn that in the in the big world, where there's so many other dynamics of part of the game, yeah. this crazy game called life that we're playing, that you are not in control of. You're going to get hit from left and right every now and then, and you just got to accept yeah. it, mate. And the leaders should always sort of step in front of their their people, right? So if some if someone's going to get spanked, it should always be the leader of the business. And it's it, funny. We we had someone recently who had a very very poor building experience. The builder did a did a. a Fucking terrible job, quite frankly. Um, and then we got on a, on a Zoom call with them just a few, few weeks ago, mm. and they went this and this and this and this and this. And the two, the two biggest gripes they had were with two people that aren't here anymore. Yeah, right. And it would have been easy for me to go, yeah, well, that's why they don't work here anymore. No. But you know what I said to them? I said, you know, I wholeheartedly apologise. It is my responsibility. Every word that they have said, every email that they have sent is 100% my fault. Mm. And I'm so sorry that you've had that. Um, experience with us all I can say is that you know we're, we're doing our best to f- fix things up and we're going to do this 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 going forward yep. should have fucking seen the relief on their face they actually sat back in their chairs and went actually we feel so much better about that now like I was backed into a corner of indefensible like I could have fought my way out of it and just looked like a dick Yeah, but I was like you are so right and I'm so sorry and you know what any any reasonably minded person is not going to sort of sit there and keep sticking it to you right like it, and, and they know that it's not your fault like they know that you probably weren't that person writing those emails, making those phone calls, but you're taking responsibility for it. Yeah, it's the best. You're taking accountability, and they and they know that you're gonna sort of it's been it's been escalated, and you're sort of handling. It. You're probably gonna do an even better job than you previously would have done. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised that they kind of were like, oh, you know, great, this guy's gonna sort it out for me. Yeah, it's the best. So again, ladies and gents, if you've got if you're running your own business or you run a, run a, want to one, run your own firm. Embrace and look forward to, because they're going to happen anyway, hard conversations. Mm. Hard conversations with suppliers, hard conversations with team members, hard conversations with, um, you know, clients as well. And it, it's it's the – I hate doing it. I wish I'd never had to, yeah. but I know I'm going to have to. It won't be the last time, and I look forward to the next time already. So I think that that's when really good relationships are, are forged. So if, if someone has a bad experience and you are able to sort of meet them in that, that time – and you know help them through that you've got credibility right because it's gone to shit and robbie stepped up and helped them out of that situation like i think really good relationships are are usually forged in in tough times in my opinion 
Yeah, 100%. Um, let's talk about tough times because you and Tanya went through some tough times recently. Oh, and I, 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 <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, we're going to talk about this. You need to be more specific. I, yeah, I will, I will, I will. Um, you fired all of your team members, what, 12 months or so ago. Yes. Tell us about that. Yes. Like, listen to this story, ladies and gents. It is a fucking cracker. And I, I couldn't imagine having to do what you did. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, but I've, I'm, I'm nowhere near. <laughs> Daniel's like, yeah. what? Um, but Mate, he's, um, he's, he's not one of mine. You can, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but certainly, um, I'm, I'm, I'm in admiration, and and I'm very proud of what you guys did, and I understand the reasons for it all. We don't need to d- drag everyone down into it, but. What you did and now where you've come come out to is is, is quite inspiring, mate. Listen to this, ladies and gents. Oh, so, um, I, I suppose COVID, COVID kind of wrecked a lot of people. And when I say it wrecked them, I think that working from home, instability, um, you know, the market being tough, you know, the scomo jumping onto the TV every second day. Um, I think it just created this such instability with people sort of day to day i think it changed a lot of people's personalities and not for the better so i think a lot of people during the work from home period you know the high performers typically got better and the low performers got really really bad so we realized that we had a very very toxic culture and it's hard right so you know this is what when everyone came back to work after covid sort of thing sort of during during covid because covid kind of went for a a long time like like two years or whatever Mm. so you know, it was probably a little bit toxic beforehand. And I think COVID really brought it out. And, um, you know, Tan and I were sort of sitting there one day and we're like, we have all these people and they're just like so entitled and they're not contributing and they've just got their sort of hands out and they want everything for nothing. And, and you know, even to the point where they weren't like engaging in, you know, that sort of stuff that made the business special. And I was like, oh, Tan, I think we need to fix this culture right (laughs) and she goes oh how how can we fix it i said i don't think we can i said i think we have to start again like fix fix like fix fix (laughs) like start again and and we we discussed this over about three days and the argument or the debate was do we get rid of the people that we feel are the primary um you know issues or my side do we clear the slate and start again and my argument to her was that anyone who is left in the business who we may oversee as being um good but may not be is gonna like taint new people that come through Mm. so that that toxic culture will just infect other people in the business and the problem won't actually go away i was like but if we clear the whole team out we're talking like 10 people out of a 15 people team we'll all no, 11 or 12 people out of a 15-people team because there were only three of us left at one stage. You know, there's that whole scary, you know, all of a sudden you've 75% of your workforce or 80% of your workforce is gone. We have to hire new people. They're going to have a learning period. You know, revenue is going to go down, but obviously payroll will go down. You know, do we kind of just do it and get it done, like one hard chop, or do we kind of see how we go? And I kind of made a decision and she kind of agreed with me that we're just going to clean house. So, wow! Yeah, and I'm talking. <laughs> it was it was pretty it was pretty sh- probably one of the sh- most stressful times in my professional career. Get to work, and we knew everyone in that office was pretty much going to be gone. So, yeah. um, could I just butt in for a second? Yeah, just yeah. just in case any of those people that were there, I get to listen to this on the very off chance. Yeah, I've spoken to you about this on many occasions, and you are not gloating. 
You are no. not fucking you're like this is the best thing we've ever done, and it no. was really fun. No, 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 I no, want to make that very clear. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Like you know, some people we had there for two, three years. You know, put a lot of time and money and investment and befriended, and um, you know, it's a really sad realization where you're like, fuck, like how has this happened? Like I don't know what I did wrong to make this this play out the way it has like what what have we done wrong because ultimately we are as the leaders we're responsible for the culture yeah and it's exactly. and it's been and it's gone gone south underneath our leadership 100%. underneath our nose which is which is ultimate failure right so anyway um you know we we, we sort of sat down with everyone and and you know individually i kind of let people go and and um the ones that you know, we decided not to let go. Some of we put on performance management and they self-selected out, which is kind of an indication that they were going to go anyway. And, uh, yeah, literally started again. So when we started again, we had a whole different hiring strategy. We went for a different type of person with a different type of background. Um, you know, we really hired for attitude and, um, you know, not so much capability, but just like willingness and attitude and buy-in and all that sort of stuff that makes a company special, right, which is what people should have. And it probably it probably took I don't know it probably took like two months for it to kind of level out because it was it was it was pretty tumultuous for those couple of months right like it was fucking full on. So you guys would have had all these jobs on the go. Yeah, mate. Over it's like let's say one week period, none of the people are there. Mate, you you ten and one other are looking at each other and go. Holy shit, we're back to the start again. We're sitting in a 20-person office and there's three of us in it. We're like, oh, <laughs> this, is, this is fucking insane. But, you know, um, it all worked out, right? So what we did is we, we realised our mistakes and we hired a different type of person and we looked for different values and different ethics and different outlook, I suppose. Um, we, we don't really, when it comes to like age and demographic, it's, it's pretty varied. Uh, so we don't really have a particular you know, uh, age or demographic that we sort of shoot for. It's more about attitude. Anyway, we hired all those people. You know, we put some different processes in place with regards to, like, training and structure and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, it probably took three months to level out. And funnily enough, when we were just sort of hitting our straps and everything was working, all these other companies like, oh, mate, we just like, we fired, like, ten people. We fired five people. We just had seven people quit. You know, great resignation type scenario, yeah? Yeah. Yep. So I think every business has probably had a bit of a clean out over the last couple of years. I, I'd say, I'd say as a general, like, people are sort of getting rid of sort of 5%. Or when I say getting rid of, I mean either fired or had resigned. And um, I think most businesses have just kind of shaken them out and, and you usually you're better for it. Yeah. Let me be very transparent, ladies and gents. No doubt that if you've been following us for a while, our team photos and our social media stuff, uh, there's a few faces missing. But guess what? There's a few new faces in. And I don't know about you, but I love the new vibe. I love mm. the new ideas. I love the new attitude. You know, there are people that are grateful to be here. There's no sense of entitlement anymore. And it's just fucking great. Like, uh, it. The last few months for us has been shit. Like the first six months of this year has been tumultuous because every time someone doesn't want to work here anymore, I take it to heart. I'm mm. like, they're not leaving the business, they're leaving me. But you how, know, how yeah. reinvigorating for you. Oh, when amazing. A, when a new person comes in and like, oh, Robbie, this is so great. I totally get what you're doing here. And you're like, that's why. I do that's it. what I wanted. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I do it, you know. So um, I get it. I feel your pain. I, yeah. I, I, I'm the same, right? There's a couple of people that left that really sort of hurt. I was like, oh. You know, I, I befriended you, came to my house, you know, our kids played together. Right, you know, shit. I spent a lot of time and effort and, and did all these sort of things outside of work for you that, that an employee wouldn't normally do, right? So I, I, I feel your 
feel your pain. Yeah, mate, it's good good for the soul, you know. And again, sorry to harp on it, ladies and gents, but if you want to be a business owner one day, you don't want it to happen. And we went through a period for the first three and a half years or so where no one left. Mm. I used to go down and have you know high level business coaching down in Sydney, and people stand up and go, "Fucking HR and this and bloody people management and this." I'm sitting back going, "This does nothing to do with me." Yeah, you know our people are our greatest strength, and everyone's great, and everyone's you know doing awesome. Um, and then, yeah, some of the dynamics in the market just sort of, you know, turn. And uh, I think Elon Musk said recently, I apologise, Elon, I know, you, I know you're listening, that if I've, if I've uh, misquoted you here. Isn't he, isn't he waiting in the green room? Yes, mate, he's my, my next guest. Yeah. He's got big shoes to fill. Oh, <laughs> um, he sort of said that if you want to work from home, you know, a lot, you can go and pretend to work with someone else. Mm. I don't fucking have this office to have it sit bloody empty, as a lot of other big corporations do, no doubt. Uh, you know, the, the majority of the time. But it's team environment, right? Like feed off each other. People, you know, someone's in a, someone's having a bad day. They've fought with their partner, whatever it is. They come into the office. You know, you're bouncing around like an energizer bunny, like pumping people up, and you kind of buy into the vibe, and it kind of lifts their mood. Yeah. You know, it's 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 nice to. I I'm a salesperson, right? So I enjoy high energy, high performing teams. It's what I love. If 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 I was working by myself at home, which I have done when I started the business. Yep. You know, you're by yourself, you kind of, you know, if you're, if you're getting like negative event after negative event, and that might be something as bad as a, you know, a, a sales call that doesn't go the way, you know, you think it has gone or, you know, you don't get a, a job order, whatever it may be. You know, you've got other people to lift you up. If you're sitting there by yourself in your little cesspool of despair, it's hard to pull yourself out unless you've got that mental capacity to be able to sort of, you know, move on. I remember when Tam and I were used to run the business way back in the day, Daniel, and we wouldn't even know the story. I'd be, she'd be like, all right, we've got these videos to shoot this afternoon. And I'd go into the kitchen and we have a squirrel about something. Yeah. And I'd just like walk back to the office with my tail between my logs and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not fucking shooting these videos. Yeah. I'm like, fuck the videos. You've killed my vibe. I don't yeah. like, you know, and I had no one else to pull me up. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely right. It, you know, leadership is lonely, but when you're, abs- you know, when, when you're w- working from home and then you're <laughs> working at home with your partner, it sort of adds another layer of complexity to it. Oh, 100%. But there's no, there's no change of environment, right? Like, you know, when you walk up those stairs in the morning, you push the button on the elevator, game face is on. Yeah. So yeah. you walk into the office and you're like, Robbie, Robbie Turner's here. I'm ready to go. Let's <laughs> fucking do this. You know, <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks that. <laughs> Daniel's like, yes, they do. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you're at home, you know you literally walk in from you know one room to another room and you know it's not there's no separation yeah. uh, there's no separation for us anyway right as yeah. the business owners but like as as a someone who works in a business i feel like there needs to be a point where you kind of go okay work's done family time yeah it's hard to separate that especially when you've got a husband and wife team oh, like mate. like tam's really good at turning off at switching off yeah at night time if i've got something about the business i want to ask her about i'm like and I've been very poor at this in the past. This is why we've got a new little procedure in place, a new being about a year or so. Yeah. Hey, babe, can I ask you a work question? I ask permission to get inside of her head and her heart to say, can I ask you something about work? And if she says no, I've just got to shut the fuck up. Yeah, see, Tan just shuts me down. She's like, I don't want to talk about work. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, Pretty I'm, much. I'm like, oh, but I need to get this out. But, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? In, in, interestingly, she'll come back 10 minutes later. She's like, what do you want? What do you want? All right. <laughs> Um, it's it's pretty cool as far as that goes. But mate, it's it's I love being a business owner as I'm sure you do. Like when you do crack the code, you do get more time, you do get more freedom, you do have a couple of dollars in the bank. But by fuck, it comes at it comes at a you know that the risk the risk taker, the entrepreneur. Mm. If you get it wrong, 
you know, you and I shared downstairs that both of us in separate times of our life have been staring at the ceiling going, fuck, if this doesn't happen in the next few weeks, we don't have any money. We're, we're gone, yeah. And as an employee, you'll never feel that feeling. Mate, know that for a fact. I feel like I feel like as a, as a business owner, your job is to protect your employees as well. So, you know, um, like, well, yeah, as you said, like money, financial problems, all that sort of stuff, you know, getting enough clients in the door, making sure – you know, lights are on, making sure you got money for wages. Like I, I was telling you about a company. So we used to do a lot of work for Downer Mining and uh, we pay our, our staff weekly as you, as you sort of have to and uh, like being the, the trades and labour guys and um, they paid us sort of 30 days from end of month of invoicing, so 60 days. Mm. Yeah? And, you know, and you're paying your guys every sort of week for, for eight weeks and they were sort of four weeks late you know, I said we Tan and I were sort of sitting down having crisis meetings. We're like, Tan, we've literally got like four days left with the money. Wow, or we're done. And you know, that's why I have all these grey hairs. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you know, what I mean, like people, like our staff never would have known. They Correct. Ne- they never would have had no idea. Not because we were being secretive, but because that's my stress and her stress, and mm. that's that's the when you wear that leader hat that's your job to deal with that right like you have to look after the troops you have to make sure they can do what they do on with clear heads and you don't transfer stress through to your through to your staff right yeah um but you know obviously you get the rewards as well but i just think that a lot of people when they work for someone they think that they can do the job because they may be very good at their particular job that they do which is the technician that the email talks about but when they actually go out on their own there's so many other things that are involved in in running a business that you don't even think about right and you kind of have to learn them on the fly and you have to sort of worry about the money coming through and then you know it's just yeah it's a it's a it's a very difficult learn on the job like job i suppose uh, initially and if you don't know exactly what you want to do and how you want to do it you don't have a plan you don't back yourself you don't have some absolutely off the chart resilience probably going to struggle yep so yeah i am um, yeah i have i have so much respect for entrepreneurs and and all the bullshit that you have to that you have to deal with from employee problems like cash flow problems like global financial crisis like we got client like, client problems yeah, everything client, mate you like fucking name it global epidemics like all that you know you name it throw it at them right and and everyone's had to take it in their stride and hopefully um, look after all their people along the way. Yeah, Mate, how can people get... Let's talk about you for a second for the last last five minutes. Hopefully, ladies and gents, there's a few of you there that are, have now got some more clarity around improving your current business. Mm. Or if you are going to get out of the military or you're already out and you're thinking about starting your own business, here's a couple of pitfalls and or things that you pro- may or may not have thought of. And you're getting it raw and real. You know, Pete, you've been a great yeah. guest so far. But if you're also someone who wants a job... And you, you know, you you're on seek, and you're putting in all these bloody resumes or whatever, and you're getting no traction. How can you help those those people? I think the first thing they need to do is probably do a an assessment of their skill set. So you know, if you're you know a mechanic in the military, you know, think about what you can do, where you've done it, how you've done it, and then maybe look at civvy jobs. So you know, transferable skill sets. I think a lot of it is is really sort of common sense, point and shoot stuff. Um, but you know, like like. As I said before, I, I love military people, like uh, logistics people. Like logistics is probably one of the most booming industries at the moment, like supply chain issues, all that sort of stuff. You know, you got all your trades people, which are transferable skill sets. Um, you just got to, I think you just have to understand your skill set. And I think a lot of people from the military probably don't realise the value of what they've been taught over, over a lifetime or a period of time with the military. They probably don't understand how to monetize that skill set. And I think that if you... Um, 
if you first assess that, maybe even if it's like a list of, of what you do day to day or week to week or whatever it may be, and then kind of look at what the civil, um, you know, correlation is between, you know, what you do and what that looks like in the private sector. Uh, and then there's obviously companies you can talk to. So a bit of a shameless plug for... Uh, uh, please do, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's obviously PlaceMe, which is a company that, that Tan is a director of and it's all about sort of re-entry to the workforce and all sort of stuff. So, you know, they can write a proper resume for you because realistically resume is your foot in the door. You know, they can they can create you a LinkedIn profile. They can create you cover letters that are, you know, really going to sort of get people looking at what you can do and maybe investigating your skill set a little bit further. And just t- let, let me let me assure you, when we had 50-odd people apply for an office manager, the effort that you put into your cover picture, that your, co- your cover letter, yep. and even having a photo on there, yes or no, and like the first few sentences of your summary goes a fucking long way. I, I just got discarded <laughs> countless ones. I'm like, nope, nope, yeah. nope, boring, fucking see you and, later. And do you know what? You might have the best skill set in the world but you've got poor formatting on your resume because people look for certain things. Like I think there was some seek statistic. I think people spend like three or four seconds on, on the first page. That's what I mean. Yeah. I've lived it. Yeah, exactly. So if you've gone to someone who actually knows how to do that, and obviously as recruiters, we know how to do that and that's what placed me um, sort of comes in, you know, we can give you the best possible, um, I guess, opportunity to sort of be noticed. And then obviously when it sort of delves in a bit deeper, you know, really unpacking those skill sets and how they transfer over. Obviously, you can see recruiters. Recruiters are great, you know. Um, hopefully, you get a good one that calls you back and talks to you and all sort of stuff. You know, some of us are horrible, but most of us are pretty good. Um, I'm a big fan in ringing a recruiter. If you see an ad on Seek or whatever it may be, give them a call. Say, hey, this is what I do. What are your thoughts on, on me applying? Typically, they'll sort of give you, hopefully, some quick coaching on the phone, 30-second phone call. Mm. And obviously, you can apply for roles that way. But, um, mate, recruiters are usually pretty good because they can actually – identify your skill set and then maybe say hey Robbie these are your options based on what you can do what do you want to do at least give you some and then your job is to go and find them a job that's it 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 doesn't cost you anything as the the candidate or the job seeker you pay nothing so it's free it's a no brainer ladders and gents if you don't have a job right now reach out to these guys. Daniel, no doubt, will place the, the, the contact yeah. details for Pete and Tanya, quite frankly. Again, yeah, we've spoken about her a lot. Yeah, Tanya, yeah. hello again when you're, when you're listening to this, no doubt. She's already sending us messages going, how's it all going? <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, mate, it's, it's not hard, right? So I think especially you have such a good demographic of people with such good skill sets. I think it's just understanding what they can do and how it transfers into private life after after defense this is real-time pragmatic actual Mm. guidance and advice team that you don't get on some bullshit transition seminar these are the people people like pete and you know um people like you in the industry can actually give a shit about finding people like it's your business runs on their your ability to find them a job, 100%. and there's nothing like skin in the game, mate. There's yeah. no interest like self interest. Hundred percent, and and that's the thing, right? Like, it's I'm not, I'm not some life coach up here telling you sort of to jump up and down and you know to think positive thoughts and all sort of stuff. I'm telling you, like, come and speak to me, and I'll find you a job because that's literally what I do. Love it, Pete. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. I've absolutely loved this chat. It's been a few months in the making, I know, but um, ladies and gents, if you've enjoyed this session here, just sort of re- reach out to Pete. Um, thanks so much for joining us and Axons Unleashed. We'll catch up with you again soon. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Thanks for Appreciate me, it, mate. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye.